This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our episode in a moment. But first, Paula and I appreciate all of the continued support out there. We have over a million downloads, and we want to keep growing. If you could leave a positive rating on our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, tell a friend or family member about our show. Now, let's throw another log on the fire, campers. Let's dig up a new mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us, as always, is our award-winning journalist who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories with the Akron Beacon Journal, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. Elizabeth Lee Franks, a 17-year-old wife and mother, vanished from the face of the earth more than 50 years ago, so completely that Toledo police even forgot she was gone. It wasn't until her sister questioned police decades later that they even realized there was once a girl named Beth who was reported missing by her mom. If an original report ever existed, it was nowhere to be found. The only evidence there had been of an investigation was a typed index card with Beth's name and a couple of notes. But Beth's family never forgot. Not her mom not her sister, and not a year-old baby girl whose life was thrown off track. Elizabeth was born Elizabeth McCarthy. She used the name Beth Wilson in high school. Then she married and became Beth Franks. She was petite, five foot two, 95 pounds, with blue eyes and red hair and a small scar on her nose, a reminder of her childhood bout with chickenpox. She grew up in the village of Genoa, next door to Toledo in Ottawa County. Beth had been a Girl Scout and, at Genoa High, a member of the chess club. She was meek, sweet, and well-loved by all who knew her, her family said. Beth first met her future husband, Thomas Frank, at a quarry in Genoa. The quarry, part of Veterans Memorial Park, has been attracting swimmers and sunbathers to its beach for decades. He was in the Navy, but when he returned home, he and Beth began a relationship. In 1964, when Beth was 16, she became pregnant. So she and Thomas married, with a judge having to grant permission since she was underage. 
And so, in April of 1965, while most of her former classmates in Genoa were making plans for graduation, Beth was trying to learn how to keep a home. At 17, she lived with her 20-year-old husband and her year-old baby girl in a duplex on Western Avenue in Toledo. Police who arrived to investigate Beth's disappearance already knew that address because they had been called to the home just a few days earlier. For a story on the cold case just last year, Toledo Police Detective William Goodlett said the couple had been fighting. Police were called, and they found Beth's husband alone. He told police they had quarreled because he caught Beth with another man, and that she packed a bag and stormed out. A few days after that fight, Beth's mom was having trouble reaching her. Beth had never brought the baby over for Easter, and so she went to the house on Western Avenue looking for her daughter and granddaughter, carrying an Easter basket for each of them. Nobody answered the door. Beth's mom found the landlady, who lived in the other half of the duplex, and together they entered Beth's unit. It was a mess. Clothes were strewn about. Curtains were ripped. The crib's bedding had been stripped. But no sign of Beth or her child. The landlady told her the couple were in the duplex the night before, arguing again. There was a loud commotion. With that in mind, Beth's mom called police. When police interviewed Beth's husband, he said they'd fought. He pushed her. She fell down some stairs, but that she was otherwise unhurt. He said he left, and later, when he returned home, she was gone. Later, Franks would say the last time he saw his wife, she was sitting with a man on the front porch of a house on Dale Street in their neighborhood. Beth's mom hired a private investigator to aid in the search, while she and her other daughter canvassed the neighborhood, but neither had any success. Meanwhile, Beth's little girl, her name was Tammy, grew up thinking her mom had simply abandoned her. It's what her father had told her ever since she was a toddler. She didn't even know her mom was considered a missing person. That changed in 2004 when Tammy's aunt, Beth's sister, reached out to police to talk about the case and ask for help in locating Tammy, who had dropped out of their lives. That led to a bunch of revelations for several people. First, the Toledo police had forgotten all about the case. If there ever had been an original investigation, all the paperwork was gone. All they had was a small powder blue index card with two entries. The first was from July 21, 1965, indicating a letter was sent from Toledo Police to the Ohio State Reformatory, referencing Beth as being missing and identifying a man named Robert James Crosby as an acquaintance. The other entry, dated February the 2nd, 1966, noted a phone call advising that Crosby was in New Orleans. Investigators in 2004 learned that Crosby was dead. The other revelation came to Beth's baby, 
the then 41-year-old Tammy. Tammy told the Toledo Blade for that story in 2004 that she always believed the story her father had told her, that her mom had deserted them. Tammy spent five years living with her father's parents, then was returned to her father and lived with him until she left at the age of 14. After that, she spent three years at a children's home in Maumee and another two years in a group home. When police helped reunite Tammy with her mom's sister in 2004, it was the first time she'd had any contact with her mom's family. The mom, she thought, had walked away. The other shock for Tammy was learning that people thought her mom had been murdered. As a matter of fact, when police first contacted her after all those years, she thought they were coming to say they'd found her mom. Tammy had always been hopeful, even maintained the same phone number most of her adult life to make it easier for her mom to find her. After talking to everyone involved, the new detective on the case in 2004, Sergeant Tim Noble, said it seemed most likely Beth had been killed. It's just against human nature never to contact your family again, he said. Toledo opened a new investigation, scoured databases looking for clues, and got the FBI to look for activity on her social security number. There had been none. They also found and talked to Beth's husband, who had divorced Beth and was married twice afterward. Thomas Frank said he was curious about what happened to his first wife, but that he never hurt her with the exception of the push that sent her down the stairs. Right after that, she disappeared, and I never saw her again, Frank said. Basically, I assume she picked up and left. Beth's case received even more attention just last year, in 2022. Police received a tip that a car involved in Beth's disappearance might be in the Genoa Quarry, where Beth and Thomas had met as teenagers. The spring-fed watering hole spans nearly a quarter mile around and is up to a 100 feet deep in some parts. The state crime lab, dive teams, and the Ottawa County Sheriff's Department spent hours searching the area, looking for a submerged vehicle. They found two cars and pulled them from the quarry, but neither was the one they sought. Last August the 10th, Beth would have celebrated her 75th birthday, if she were still alive. Police have collected DNA from relatives to submit to databases, should she or her remains ever be found. Her mother, Leah, told the Blade Reporter in 2004 she had spent years searching and eventually tried to move on with the business of raising her other children, but she wants to know what happened. A mother wants closure, Leah said. I would like to see the one who killed her. Tammy Franks would like to know, too. She spent a lifetime wondering how different things might have turned out if her mother had been in her life. If we can find something, then I can move on, she told the Toledo Blade. I think she would have been a good mother. I really think she would have.
Anyone with information in this case is encouraged to call Toledo Police at 419-245-3142. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to ohiomysteries.com. Also, for more shows like ours, head on over to KillerPodcasts.com. We are a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.